You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly series, Waste Not, in which we discuss food-related waste and other ways that households and communities can act locally to contribute to global change. We'll be discussing planning healthy meals on a budget with Diane O'Shea, professional home economist and retired family studies teacher. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Peggy. It's wonderful to have you here today. Diane, you're a professional home economist. What do you do? Well, I'm mostly retired, (laughs) although um, now I'm dabbling in advocating for food literacy and various channels. I guess that in the past, I was a freelance home economist working with a lot of uh, different commodity boards in promoting um, what I like to call primary foods like eggs and beef and pork, uh, beans and things like that. But probably my biggest time was spent as a family studies educator at uh, the high school and university levels. And so that uh, really has carried me for most of, of, of my time. Wonderful. So we'll get a lifetime of knowledge here today. And I I think with food prices, we're going to need it. So a a lot of families are facing significant pressures today with the cost of housing, utilities, food. And I know that Canada's Food Guide on their website, there's a section, How to Eat Healthy on a Budget, which is a great resource if uh, listeners haven't seen it. So Canada's Food Guide, How to Eat Healthy on a Budget. And Diane, I'd like to know uh, what your thoughts are on how individuals can get the most value, and by value, I mean nutrition, for their food dollar? Well, Peggy, I think that we need to prioritize food and, in fact, plan. Plan to make food a part of our lives. But I think that we need to value food and realize its importance, not just for the sustaining the physical self, but in terms of the social and emotional benefits. And prioritizing means we really do need to come to terms with planning how we're going to make use of our our food dollars. So making it a priority in our lives. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I often sort of look around and think food is how uh, cheap, how fast. And um, often that can be the empty calorie items, which is a version of waste, because when we're talking about value and nutrition for dollars, trying to look at how do we get the most for every dollar we spend, certainly it needs to be nutrient dense. And you were talking about your career and the things that you were working with the commodities with and things like eggs and milk and bread and those things that we can almost make into anything when you look at versatility and its nutritional value. So unlockfood.ca is a web resource created by Dietitians of Canada, and they have recently published 10 tips for planning meals on a budget. So it's a great site to go to in addition to the Canada's Food Guide, How to Eat Healthy on a Budget. What are some of the most important dimensions of meal planning to you, Diane? I think, first of all, taking the time to think through perhaps the week, two weeks, uh, depending on how you try to do your shopping and trying to really think how the choices that you make can be utilized. 
Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that they talk about, and, and I think this is just an excellent idea, you know, the idea of cooking a chicken, mm-hmm. having that for a meal, having the next day for sandwiches or for salad, and then taking those bones and fixing everything up in a soup. I mean, that's, you know, stretching that food dollar in very, very practical ways. But I also think it's really important to be aware of the sale items. And, and of course, understanding if a sale is really a sale too. Mm-hmm. But that can have a powerful impact on the choices that, that you make when you actually go to the grocery store or to the, the food source that, that you're using. I also think the idea of choosing to use what is in season is so important. I, I guess this also leads to the whole idea of substitutions and making choices whereby you substitute or change. I often think in the wintertime when lettuce and greens are so expensive and they're imported and so on, why not choose cabbage? Mm. You know, a cabbage is, is an underrated vegetable. It's an Ontario product. It can be used in multiple kinds of ways. So I guess being able to think in those ways where, and kind of going with that kind of flow. I think those are some of the things that can really help us when we're trying to figure out this whole meal planning thing. Those are really good tips. So definitely having your meal plan that you can plan around the seasons, but also around the sales. And that way, there's a certain element of unpredictability around what's on sale. Oh, this is on sale. Well, maybe I can make something with green peas this week because frozen peas are on sale or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. back to nutrition, Diane, Um, that's great tips on how to plan and how to uh, really organize yourself so that you always have food where things do go together and therefore you can make a lot of meals. But how do you make a nutritious, affordable menu? Well, one of the things I thought about is that can can we take a look at a, a let's say a piece of meat or even a package of vegetables or something and can we kind of think of it in terms of cost per serving mm. and so if I if I were to look at I'll use meat because meat is an expensive item okay if I look at that can I visualize how I can take that piece to serve two or three people, whatever it might be. And then how does that equate in terms of the prices? Does that make sense to be to be buying that? And, and really translating that into more practical terms that might fit the needs of, of my family. So thinking, I guess, in terms of cost per serving is, is one of the suggestions that, that I might make. So that's a really good suggestion. And as you were talking, I was thinking uh, in my mind of something, for example, like tuna. And you yeah. have a can of tuna, you might get yeah. two or three sandwiches out of a can. However, if you make tuna noodle casserole, still very fulfilling, it would go farther. That's so right. your cost per serving goes down because you're creative with the way in which it's used. If we're trying to get nutrition though and stretch our dollar, again, back to a casserole, that same amount of meat in a lasagna or a spaghetti would go farther and you would be as satisfied. So some of those old comfort foods that we're used to uh, are actually also very nutritious and affordable in terms of uh, yep. how far certain expensive ingredients go. Same thing with fresh produce. It's also expensive. So you think a salad delicious, want to heavily promote salads. They're wonderful to have. Um, 
if we are at that peak purchase point for spinach or or kale or or greens, that again, um, adding spinach to a casserole, like a chicken casserole or yeah. a soup, you still get delicious amount of spinach, but it is not in such a condensed form that it's the core serving so that you That's need right. more of it. Right. So really starting to think about uh, the creativity of meal planning. And it really is a really fun way to oh, yeah. try to turn a necessity into a really creative process. So um, wonderful. So budgeting, planning, and there's certain things that we always have in inventory. We think of things like salt, pepper, or, you know, uh, a lot of people have pasta or uh, frozen veggies or canned goods. What are some of the ways to match that standard inventory to the family menu? Well, I think that we we need to pay attention to what we have mm -hmm. and um, think about how we can can use those particular items. And I guess I think about maybe having a trip to the bulk food store and loading up on the likes of pasta and rice and some of, of those kinds of foods. And then saying, okay, I've got these. What can I do? Like you talked about the, the casserole. Mm -hmm. So how can we extend to serve more, last longer, whatever? Well, mm -hmm. you know, having, having some good basics, like, you know, the rices and the pastas and so on, and then bumping them up with all kinds of vegetables. Like, to me, that makes good economical sense. And it's also a good uh, way to stretch that food dollar. So in that way, we are able to kind of make good use of what we have. Having some of those good basics on our shelves. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, we think about using leftovers really, really important. Some quality basics will always stand the test of time. And then add emphasis and variety with the types of things that are in season. That's really wonderful advice, Diane. Thank you very much for bringing us uh, hope through your work, Diane, and giving us some really, really great tips. And after the break, we're going to hear more from Diane O'Shea, professional home economist, about the ways to plan meals on a budget. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking with Diane O'Shea, professional home economist, about planning meals on a budget. Diane, we're almost into asparagus season, then strawberries, and off we go. It's the beginning of a new season. And we've talked about weekly meal planning, using your inventory, thinking about cost per serving. How do our seasons fit into this? Well, I happen to think that eating by season is so important, you know, because it's that freshness, it's that quality, the fact that the food has likely not traveled hundreds or thousands of miles, whatever it might be, supporting local economy. There's just so many benefits from, and I, and again, I think it comes back to being a mindset that, okay. When the asparagus season is on, yes, we will enjoy asparagus in many different ways. If we have asparagus left over, it's going to go in the freezer. The same with the, the strawberries. And then as we move along into the 
the other kinds of vegetables and fruits and so on and and enjoying those foods when they are in season and and i think you know when it gets into the a latter part of the fall and into the winter maybe it does become a little bit more challenging but you know the root vegetables are absolutely wonderful and we do have such an array of of root vegetables and uh, tossing them with a little bit of olive oil and some salt and pepper and roasting them in the oven brings out their natural sweetness and goodness so you know i guess this whole idea of eating in season is having the knowledge and awareness of what foods are produced in our locale and going with them but having the knowledge of you know what is available when and going with it i think is going to make a big impact will also help with the, the food costs Right. And I think that you um, mentioned a couple of things that I think are particularly helpful, really understanding temperature. So you had talked about the asparagus, there might be some leftover, getting it into the freezer. Um, strawberries, they're delicious the first day and delicious when they've just been picked, but sometimes they do start to look like they're um, not drying out, they're still good, but they're not, you know, plump and juicy and what have you. That's the time to make some jam. It doesn't mean yep. that you need to go into the garbage. It's the time to make some jam. So really understanding, uh, freezing and when it's time to heat or cook and uh, preserve in another way. So I think that's a really helpful tip is understanding temperature. Now, Diane, how can uh, listeners find out what is in season when before it actually arrives in the grocery store? Well, we're, we're lucky because Foodlines Ontario publishes all kinds of wonderful materials that give consumers information about what's in season. Uh, I think being at the grocery store looking for the product of Ontario labels um, is, is a, a smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, there's another website called uh, Produce Made Simple. It has fabulous ideas for using all kinds of produce um, in season. Food Lines Ontario and Produce Made Simple um, are, are two of the websites that, that I would really promote. And, I, and even in the grocery stores, looking for the product of Ontario or in, or, you know, using the farmer's markets and some of the farm gate sales uh, uh, spots as well. But Peggy, I just don't want to lose sight, just going back to a point that you were making about freezing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that bothers me is that, you know, is the way sometimes things are sold. So I'm, let me use something like parsley. Mm -hmm. Parsley is sold in a bunch. Mm -hmm. Maybe you only want to use a little bit of it. What do you do with the rest of it? Well, for goodness sake, don't throw it out. I've been discovering the benefits of pesto. And pesto made with just about anything, whether mm -hmm. it's that parsley that you just don't know what else to do with, even carrot tops, for heaven's sakes. Wow. Um, and of course, there's the traditional basil and, and so on. But, you know, basically just doing the, the essence of pesto. So it's taking those greens, chopping them up in a blender or a food processor with garlic and some olive oil. Uh, you don't need the pine nuts. Pine nuts are so expensive, but you, you don't need them. So don't bother with them. But just grinding those up and then, and those things can be frozen. Well, just adding that to some pasta, like to die for. 
Yeah, delicious. I've been starting to use it on our meats and I, I tell my daughter it's salsa verde, but really what it is, it, it's the pesto without the nuts. And yeah. sometimes it I, I add or don't add the cheese and it's delicious yeah. on um, roast beef or chicken. Uh, and as you say, it, carrot top greens, I've not heard of that, but it, spinach, kale, parsley, like you can make that out of I have oh. all the greens. And those are things that are conducive to spoiling before we eat them. So exactly. Wonderful. And I can't stress enough how joyous it is eating seasonally. And of course, it is more affordable. But more than that, you had talked about planning and food being so much more than um, our biological nourishment, is that we live in an area where there's just so many, not just farmers markets, but pick your own. So we mm -hmm. could go and pick our strawberries, we could go and pick some apples, we could go and um, you know, right to the farm when it was uh, maple syrup season. So there's really something new all year long that is really, really adds such variety and emphasis to seasonally eating. So here we are, we're talking about uh, planning healthy meals on a budget. You have given us a wealth of information, Diane. And this show, we're trying to bring the humanities, so history, philosophy, and creativity to today's food dialogue. So how do these ways of of understanding the world relate to menu planning on a budget? Well, I think we need to be cognizant of the fact that in our eating practices, oftentimes they do relate or connect to our cultural and familial connections. And that we, we do need to be respectful of those and try and maintain those connections, those traditions. And so sometimes maybe in order to meet those traditions, it, that's going to have an effect on what we're buying. Like I think of, you know, we think of, of turkey at, at Christmas time as an example. And yeah, that can be a pretty pricey um, ex expense, but maybe, maybe it's okay. And maybe we need to say it's okay because this is a way of preserving that cultural identity those family connections. Food is, is, yes, it's important to sustain our bodies. We need the nutrition in order to be able to live and work and play and so on. But food is much more than that. It has so much benefit in terms of bringing people together, individuals even together for celebrations and for all of those things that, that I would lump into that socio-emotional kinds of connections. So, I guess making the choice to maybe spend on a particular kind of food or a particular ingredient or whatever it might be and saying it's okay that that we can do this and and of course maybe having to compromise on something else I think that's a really important point that uh, there's, it's not just eating seasonally in terms of what mother nature is offering, but there are celebrations and special times throughout the year and the values that underpin the budgeting process in our families as we're trying mm -hmm. to make our dollars uh, go far in terms of buying power and not wasting anything, loving every bite and having an inventory where everything goes together. That's, that's just wonderful advice, Diane. Thank you. 
but also um, I'm envisioning that it's not one person doing the food planning in a household that you can get the kids involved. Okay, so Tuesday night's your night. What would you like to make? Helping um, everyone see they're a contributor to the planning process, I think really does help get that value, not just nutritional value, but the buy-in. We're not going to waste food. We're going to look forward to our meals. We're going to enjoy the experience. We're going to do it together. And I think that part of that whole experience of food um, can make us more fulfilled and possibly not eat as much or binge eat or eat, you know, when we're not thinking about eating. And that actually also helps make food dollars go farther because we're eating and stopping when we're full. So thank you so much, Diane, for sharing your expertise today. And I learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners did too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Peggy. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Diane O'Shea, professional home economist, about planning healthy meals on a budget. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how could you plan nutritious, affordable meals or help someone else do so? Something to do, search Canada's food guide and unlockfood.ca to discover ways to plan nutritious meals on a budget. Next week on the show, it's City Farming. We'll speak with Amy Turnbull, London Middlesex Master Gardener, about what's happening in home growing and safety in the garden. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.